0: Follow Him Podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome, it's good to be back with you again this week. Um, Super excited uh, about our guest this week. We're gonna continue into Isaiah, or chapters 50 to 57. Um, We've got brother Brendan Felix with us today. Uh, The Boise NAMPA Institute. Spends most of his time out in NAMPA, is that right? Yep, yep,
1: Yep. that's the majority of my time.
0: But uh, tell us about you, introduce yourself, and uh, excited to have you.
1: Um, I've been teaching at the Institute for four years. Okay. Uh, I have been splitting between Boise and Nampa, but I, I spend most of my time out in the Nampa area. You're the,
0: aso- what do you call the associate the assistant director? Assistant. assistant institute
1: director. That sounds better I than just associate. basically assist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I assist the institute director. Yeah, you do so, a lot. With Brother Edwards. And, um, but uh, lived in, in Nampa, Idaho since the year 2000. Got hired to, to teach seminary out of BYU. And, cool. And moved up there with my family. And, and we've loved the Treasure Valley ever since. And, yeah. And so we're just having a great time.
0: Perfect. How many kids? Four children. Four killed. kids,
1: Four. grandchildren, grandkids. I have two grandchildren who, uh, during the summertime, they, they came back and are living with us. And we're just having a fun time playing with, fun. with grandbabies. That's so awesome. It, That's is awesome.
0: it is neat. Well, excited to have you here and, and grateful for what you're going to share with us. Um, like I said, we're in Isaiah chapter 50 to 57. Um, Start us out. Tell us where uh, where we ought to start and what we gotta look at.
1: Well, first thing we gotta realize is we've got General Conference this weekend. Yeah, right. That's right. So it's it's coming up. And Super always excited. A, always a, a fun time to see what the prophets are gonna say. And, yeah. and with President Nelson, you just never know how many temples he's gonna announce no, or, kidding. or what he's gonna what he's gonna <laughs> change. And, yeah. and so it's I think it's great to do this this podcast because there's not gonna be Sunday school. That's true. This week we've yeah. got we've got General Conference. And these chapters, 50 through 57, uh, are, are perhaps some of the most Christ-centered chapters. Definitely chapter 53. Yeah. Um, absolutely yeah. uh, centers on the Savior. And, and so uh, grateful to just be talking about, talking about these. Uh, speaking of conference, the, I, I just kind of looked back and said, you know, what in these chapters were shared from General Conference previous in yeah. April? And uh, there were a couple of verses that were shared. One was shared by President Nelson. Uh, in Isaiah
0: 54,
1: Let's jump there verse 10. Okay. And the verse says, "For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith mm-hmm. the Lord that hath mercy on thee." He connected that with the part of his power of spiritual momentum talk when he talked about uh, daily repentance. Mm-hmm. President Nelson said, "Please do not fear or delay your repenting Satan delights in your misery cut it short cast his influence out of your life start today to experience the joy of putting off the natural man. the Savior loves us always but especially when we repent he promised that though and here comes the verse the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed my kindness shall not depart from thee
0: yeah it's beautiful I love the, the visual of mountains leaving and, and you know that, that kind of thing is going to happen before Christ's Kindness will go away. Just a couple of things since we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, back up to verse 7 there. Um, you know, there's, there's some real feelings, I think, that people have when um, we are talking about sinful behaviors and actions. And, and those feelings are feelings of aloneness. Uh, like God has turned His back on us. Mm-hmm. And you know, the reality is is when we're in our sinful state and we're rebelling against God, it does feel like that. And, and this verse is interesting. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Now obviously I think he's speaking about, you know, the latter days and the, and the apostasy and, and those types of things, but there's something tender to me about the idea that God is, uh, maybe seems far away sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then the next verse, in a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. This, uh, these four verses, 7 through 10 here, there's a beautiful uh, Rob Gardner uh, song that uh, ties right to these verses, these these four verses here. And anyway, that that concept of repentance and what President Nelson's comments there just made me, made me think of that.
1: And it's interesting, as people read that, they think God forsakes, God hides his face yeah, for a moment. Right. And I don't know. If I certainly that's, that's what's written, but I I think of it more of because of the things that we have done. Yeah, the separation takes place.
0: Yeah, he has to go somewhere else because yeah. of our sinful nature. Yeah, yeah.
1: but yeah. that great the great mercies will I gather everlasting kindness, uh, the mercy that will come, the covenant of my peace in, mm-hmm. in verse ten. Yeah, absolutely willing. The moment we turn to him, uh, mm-hmm. he is right there. With open arms.
0: Yeah, verse 9, end of verse 9. So have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee, right? Yeah. But he knows what's going on. He sent us down here to fail. That was mm-hmm. the plan to begin with. And and I think he looks so lovingly on us when we are failing, knowing that that was the plan to begin with. Love that. Love that connection President Nelson.
1: You said there are two. There's, okay. uh, the other one was from Elder, and you're going to have to help me with his name, Marcus A. Idrukitis. I, there you go. Yeah. Um, and he told some life stories about. Uh, Uh, going on a mission he wanted to be a dentist and and he had a girl that he was he was thinking about and so he says this remember the challenges that i I thought i faced prior to my mission my dentist i found another one my university they made an exception for me remember that young woman she married one of my good friends (laughs) but then he says but god truly blessed me richly and i learned that the blessings of the lord can come in many different ways from what from how we expect after all His thoughts are not our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So there's the connection to Isaiah 55. In the past, it's been a doctoral mastery verse uh, Mm -hmm. for seminary students, uh, but that the the concept of uh, verse eight and nine, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways Mm -hmm. and my thoughts than your thoughts. And aren't we glad? Yeah. Because usually when we have our thoughts and our ways and we think we know what we're doing, yeah, it'd be a mess way. if it worked out the way I wanted it yeah, to
0: exactly. <laughs> back in the day. You know, I love that. I love that message and, and uh, Elder Eichichitis' comments. You know, the, the podcast we put together here is kind of directed more towards young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to have anybody listening, but uh, but more towards young adults. And I think about my own young adult experience and thinking I knew what I was going to do and where I was going to be and the problems that I had, you know, like Elder Eichichitis' experience, they just work out. Yep. You know, they, they just work out the way they're supposed to and... And uh, they're hard; it doesn't make them easy to go through, but but uh, it works out. It works out the way God wants it to, and, and He's there the whole time.
1: I think a great message for us coming out of still coming out of this pandemic thing sure. uh, to just kind of see what what does God have in store because of this. What are the things that we've learned? Yeah, and uh, the communication that has has increased. Even the fact that we're doing this this podcast yeah. it was not something totally. that was considered pre. 2020
0: yeah. yeah exactly uh, we've we just learned that people want to mm-hmm. have access to the gospel learning in any in lots of different formats so yeah. we're trying new things it's good yeah that's cool love it thank you for that connection the conference super excited this weekend um, uh, take notes uh, be prayerful beforehand thinking mm-hmm. about what uh, what the Lord could teach you and direct you and you know I had some experiences from last conference that uh, I'll just share briefly and I won't get too personal about it but um Elder, President Nelson's comments at the end of his Sunday morning talk where mm-hmm. he, that's actually kind of throughout his Sunday morning talk, where he talks about um, overcoming uh, conflict in your life and addressing conflict yeah. and, and dealing with it. And, and he gave the invitation to do that before Easter. And it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks before Easter. Maybe it was just one week before. And so there's some there's some things going on in my life that were conflicting and make, making me feel those feelings. And, and uh, I committed when he invited that i committed to do that and have that experience and and i did and it was horrible (laughs) i had i I attached thank you i know i attacked it i did i i went after it i addressed it i i spoke with people i needed to speak with and it just did not go well and uh i got angry i got you know inwardly a a little bit like hello heavenly father this is Mm -hmm. the thing your prophet told me to do What? What does this look like why is this happening this way and and uh the initial experience of trying to address that was bad but what's happened since then over the course of the you know almost six months now uh was just beautiful and wonderful and going the right direction and the and the feelings are are largely solved even though they didn't get solved by easter mm-hmm. um but again, it's one of these messages... His thoughts are high, higher, higher yeah. than our thoughts. Yeah, go ahead and start addressing that, Matt. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: anyway, so, let's go back. B- bounce us back to the beginning beautiful. of Isaiah. Or 50. 50. Um, I, I think just as I've, I've looked through these these sections and, and thought about President Nelson and his invitation to uh, to daily repent, find the joy in that, in that daily repentance, that's kind of the lens that I've, I've looked through. And each of these chapters has something about about the joy of repentance and, and what that can, that can bring. Uh, so, but maybe to start that off, that, that concept of, of what do we learn about daily repentance and the Savior in these, these chapters, uh, a little quote from, from President Uchtdorf. He said this, It matters not how completely ruined our lives may seem. It matters not how scarlet our sins, how deep our bitterness, how lonely, abandoned, or broken our hearts may be. Even those who are without hope, who live in despair, who have betrayed trust, surrendered their integrity, or turned away from God can be rebuilt. The joyous news of the gospel is this. Because of the eternal plan of happiness provided by our loving Heavenly Father and through the infinite sacrifice of Jesus the Christ, we can not only be redeemed from our fallen state and restored to purity, but we can also transcend mortal imagination and become heirs of eternal life and partakers of God's indescribable glory. So no matter how ruined, no matter how whatever, um, and and we, we, we heard that early on in Isaiah. I'm sure you, you yeah. talked about that in the podcast uh, when you had Isaiah 1, that though your sins be as scarlet, and as he says, it matters not how scarlet our sins.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, turning to the Savior, having, having this daily repentance, uh, he is always willing to redeem. And that, that message comes up right here in, in chapter 50, uh, verse 2. Yeah. He starts with... Uh, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all, that it cannot, re- cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea; I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh because of there is no water, and dieth for thirst. Mm. He is, his hand isn't shortened. He has the power to deliver. Mm. Uh, he can, he can redeem. Yeah. I, but love that. I love that. We need that. to go to him.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, it makes me remember President Nelson's uh, recent talks, couple of talks, actually, about, um, well, when he when he announced the Salt Lake Temple remodel. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of discussion about remodeling our lives, remodeling our homes, um, finding, go back into the foundation, foundation right, yeah. and looking at the cracks. In the, and I think what you're saying is that exact thing, right, that, that when you look back on your life, you might see it all cracked up and, you know, that, that it is, uh, it might feel like it's irreparable um i can't imagine looking at a building that was built when the salt lake temple was built and thinking yeah i could probably fix that with the, the old stuff that it was mm. you know that that we could go in and repair it in such a way that it we don't have to replace it right and, and i think that it, not only can it be repaired but it can be beautified and made better and, and that's the message from the savior right that absolutely that when we're all cracked up we we have a place to um, to go to be repaired and to be remodeled and, and let me, it just made me think of a quote president nelson in particular uh, considering our homes you know the place where so much of our time is spent and so much of our um our core is built and established our foundation is established he says this he says i promise you that as you diligent wor- i promise you that as you diligently work to remodel your home into a center of gospel learning Over time, your Sabbath days will truly be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn and to live the Savior's teachings and the influence of the adversary in your life and in your home will decrease. Changes in your family will be dramatic and sustaining. You know That that remodel not only makes us happier in the space that we're at, um, but it eliminates the adversary in our life. It reduces his influence in our life. And, And it's not just about getting clean and getting right with the Lord. It's about having less temptation and less yeah. uh, draw that direction towards the world.
1: But it takes a little bit of remodel. Yeah. It takes a little bit of work. Uh, it reminds me of, of chapter 52 in here. Probably some of the, other than chapter 53, maybe some of these verses in 52 are uh, can oh, yeah. can really resonate with folks. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. The holy city for henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So we've got this plea to to, to fix that foundation, to yeah. shake off the dust, to, to come out from wherever you are. And then here's the price. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Huh. We've sold ourselves and we've got those cracks, we've got those things that need to be fixed, but the redemption comes without money. It comes through the Savior. It's a beautiful thing. Well, isn't
0: isn't that um, uh, the juxtaposition of that concept, right? That I was willing to give myself away Mm. to the adversary for literally nothing, nothing. right? And yet the redemptive power of the atonement for me um, also costs nothing monetarily, but oh, the cost of it that it told on the savior and the uh, and me right right in my life that i have to go through the things that i go through so love those that visual it's beautiful
1: always willing to to give us mercy mm-hmm. always willing to uh, to reach out yeah and bless us uh, really the the whole message of chapter 53 and uh, yeah these verses just just so beautiful um, the first couple of verses there just about the the time that that the Savior came in Sure. Um, verse 2 for he shall grow up from him as a tender plant as a root out of a dry ground the Savior comes during a time when the the, the gospel is dry the, yeah. the the Jews and and the fat, Pharisees and Sadducees are are just as dry ground and yet he's going, to, he's going to come up out of that uh, he hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we shall desire him. Mm. Nothing, nothing so special. In fact, coming out of Nazareth, and we have those classic lines of, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah, it right. just does not seem like there's, <laughs> there's much there. Uh, He's despised, he re- rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. Mm. But these beautiful verses Surely he hath borne our griefs. Carried our sorrows, yet yeah, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, the the mercy and love that is there, uh, from the Savior, bearing our griefs, carrying our sorrows, and having taken these stripes, so that we can be healed.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh well, some of my favorite verses in all of the Old Testament are right here. Um, you know, and, and, and really this the description of the Savior is important, I think, to us here. Um, just back to verse 2, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, God's gift to manhood, other than He was all of God's mm-hmm. gift to manhood, right? But, there, but physically, He was not a, a specimen, per se. Um, he is despised, As verse 3, he is despised and rejected of man. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. You know, it, it, it's interesting, I think we read these verses, and, and something that has maybe been instructive to me is, you know, of all the people that have ever come to earth, the Savior obviously has suffered more uh, than any, uh, the sorrows of everyone, um, and, uh, and, and obviously has felt all of the grief that is available to feel. But there's some, sometimes I think we read these verses and we, and we think how miserable his life must have been. And we forget that there was a tremendous confidence that would have come with being as faithful as he was, mm-hmm. right? That, that he would have gone into every experience. Um, Pharisees and Sadducees, for example. He would have gone in, had uh, no, no real maybe idea what was going to happen, walked in, handles it perfectly every time and walks out while they're spitting nails at him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously he's walking away feeling sorrow for uh, them. But that's what's so beautiful about the sorrow he felt. It was never about his own, oh man, I could have done that better. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I wish I'd have done this, or Heavenly Father help me because I, I don't know how to do that one and I, I, I keep doing it wrong, right? That never happened. And so the sorrow he felt was always for us. The sorrow he felt was always some component of someone else's yeah. experience, and, uh, and and I don't know that his. I, I just think every night he would have gone to bed, thinking of how sad it is that the people were the way they were, but feeling confident that he can help, mm-hmm. and uh, his his understanding is valuable and needed. And uh, it, it, again, it's that kind of juxtaposition of. Of his experience versus his experience, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't always entry. think
1: that we we recognize the the significance of the how inclusive the atonement is. Yeah. That it's not just about sins. Yeah. Right. It is about the sorrows. It is about the griefs. It's it's the the Alma seven where yeah. Alma teaches that he shall go forth suffering pains, afflictions, temptations, sickness, yeah. death, infirmities. Uh, and then the, the beautiful line in Alma 7:12 12, uh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according yeah. to their infirmities. Uh, so it's not just about, about, about sins. Yeah. Uh, these stripes heal so many things. The, the uh, things that are afflicted on us uh, from other people's agency that uh, we just, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't our own choice. Uh, the infirmities that come because we live in a fallen world with fallen bodies made up of, of fallen elements. Right. But the the Lord knows how to to succor us with that. And as as Elder Holland has talked about that that succoring meaning to run to to give assistance. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. I help. was just
0: trying to look that up. That that yeah. came right to my mind that that it's not just suckle. You know mm-hmm. the the maybe those have root words that are similar, but it's not just to appease or to. You know, stop us from crying a little bit. It's, it's literally to run to help us yeah. um, when we turn and face him and, and ask for it. I love that.
1: He can, yeah. he can strengthen us and change us. Uh, yeah. You know, Elder Bednar's talked about the atonement is for the, the taint and the tyranny of sin. So, yeah. yes, he can, it, because of what he suffered, he can absolutely help us be forgiven. But also he can help change us and make it so sin doesn't have to rule over us. And our hardships and and difficulties don't have to to rule our our lives by coming to him.
0: I love that. I I think that, um, well, this chapter does such a good job of of painting him and painting us, right? We Mm -hmm. keep going in in that verse, 53, verse 6.
1: All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all.
0: Yeah, and, and it's all inclusive, right? It's all mm-hmm. of us, every one of us has done something that you know, we turned to our own way. And uh, we're so well described here. Um, verse 7 is He was oppressed uh, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth. Now remember, this is Isaiah before Christ, mm-hmm. right? So what kind of an understanding and experience must he have had um, in whatever revelatory experience he had to, to know perfectly how the Savior was going to uh, suffer and handle the suffering, right? Yeah. We, we just must have been taught so detail, in such detail.
1: Because some of it is so very specific. I, if you go back up to verse 5 where it says, and with his stripes right. we are healed, yeah. to know that he had stripes. What are those stripes from? The, right. That's the scourging that, yeah. that took place prior right. to the crucifixion and, and knowing that's there. If you go down to verse 9, he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. <laughs>
0: right.
1: the, the, the specific nature of Isaiah is saying, okay, made his grave with the wicked. We got our two, yeah. two malefactors on both sides of him yeah. uh, during the crucifixion, made his grave with the rich. We've got Joseph of Arimathea right. donating his tomb. tomb yeah. uh, so he just gets so specific here that it's, it's hard not to see the savior in these in these verses.
0: I might share, thank you for that. I, I might share something that, that just is maybe a little uh, a bit of a help to understand um, Isaiah here, in, in verse 10, maybe through 12, uh, there's a concept of, of scriptural writing, especially in the Old Testament, where a capital um, beginning of uh, the, the word of for deity, whether it's Lord or God or whatever, um, a capital letter would represent a, a higher God and a lowercase letter would represent a lower God. Most of the time, capital letter at the beginning of the word Lord but not O R D represents um, the, savior, the savior, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and L O R D all capitals all would represent God the Father, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, Isaiah uses, or the translators here that uh, put this together, use the capital Lord L L lowercase O R D when speaking about God, and then when they talk about bruised him, for example, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. They use a lowercase h to represent Christ, right? And so now we see that the Father is involved in verse ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, God, the being the Lord, and him being Christ. He hath put him to grief when thou hast uh, shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, right? So anyway, just a just a maybe a little bit of a help because sometimes I think we read the word Lord there, and we're like, okay. Christ put himself yeah. in, right? It's one of those uh, clarifying moments maybe that we could have there.
1: So I love the thought that it, it pleased the father to bruise the son. And, mm-hmm. and that might sound odd, but knowing what it what it means to the rest of us, yeah. how that would please the father to say, my, my perfect son did this yeah. so that all my other children have this the capability to come back.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. My wife and I were t- talking yesterday about the Savior and whether God... Loves him more, and whether he'll have a higher station in the next mm-hmm. life, and and um, you know this this verse. Obviously, he will always be the Savior to us, mm-hmm. right? He will always retain his wounds in his hands and his feet, his his marks. Um, but but you know, as we as we discussed. Uh, yesterday, I, I felt like, you know, Heavenly Father's plan for us is help us become like Him. Mm-hmm. And even the Savior came to earth to become like God, right? His, his purpose was uh, to obtain a physical body. Maybe He already obtained every other needful thing. But, um, and, and again, I think that, that uh, carefully stating that, that, that the Savior will always be our Savior, right? But, mm-hmm. but the purpose and why it pleased God was all of us now have the ability to become like Him.
1: Yeah. It's Cool. I, you made me think as you were thinking about does he does he love him more and, and what does that all that bring and mean I, think I thought of a verse in First Nephi 17, uh, verse 40 he loveth those who will have him to be their God mm. uh, I don't know if that's a, a love more but there is a there absolutely is a a greater well he, he talks about um, in verse 35 behold the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one. But he that is righteous is favored of God. Yeah. The Lord loves everyone. He esteems everyone yeah. and absolutely esteems his son. But there's a, a great favor that comes as we try to be obedient. And certainly the Savior was the most obedient. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're reminding me of uh, uh, President Nelson gave a talk about um, love and. Um, the, the concept that um, God loves us unconditionally, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, it, it, and He does on some levels, right? That that we're His child, He will always yeah. love us, um, and that we and that nothing we do is really earning our, His love yeah. for us, right? Um, uh, this talk is called the Love and Laws of God um, that President Nelson gave uh, back in uh, some. Well, he addresses that same concept in The Love and Laws of God, um, but uh, divine love is the talk that he gave originally that, mm-hmm. uh, man, it just is, it's very instructive because really God's ultimate love, which is all of his blessings and all of the things he can give us, really is dependent on mm-hmm. our
1: coming abilities to,
0: to want to, yeah. to be there, right? And, mm-hmm. and coming to the Savior, yeah. So, so, yeah, that, that concept, I think, is important to recognize you're a child of God. He will love you, mm-hmm. um, but he can't fully give you everything he wants to give you, which is his ultimate expression of love, okay. um, without the Savior being part of it.
1: Which kind of goes back to that quote I, I did earlier out of The Power of Spiritual Momentum. The Savior loves us always, but especially when we repent. Yeah. There is that. There's nothing that we can do that would, would stop that love, right. but there is a greater... Just like when we have our own children, that when they choose to be obedient, it's easy. Uh, it, it's yeah, that you just feel this more, more of an outpouring. Mm. I never stop loving yeah. any of my children, but mm. there's this outpouring as they, as they choose to do those things that I've counseled them to do, or they've choose to be obedient when I've asked them to yeah. do some things, and and, and savior. Your... Yeah, that doesn't
0: earn your love no. more, right? Mm. It, it's that's not how that works with our own children, nor would it be that way with our father. But, but yeah, that that's a mm-hmm. that's an important concept I think for us to keep in mind as we go here.
1: Perfect. Keep going. Where would we go? Oh, where should we go? Um, I guess if we keep going with this, the concept of daily repentance Mm -hmm. and the joy that can come from it, uh, if you go to chapter 55, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon Mm -hmm. so key words in there return which is the the root of repentance is to turn turn back to the Lord Uh, but then that the the beautiful statement where he will abundantly pardon yeah that's cool he he absolutely because his Savior the Savior has done what he has done the Father can can pardon us
0: well and yeah what a cool to, to add the word abundantly in, mm-hmm. right? It's not just pardon, because, I don't know, I think of a presidential pardon, and it's like, there's no consequence for that thing, right? But an abundant pardon <laughs> feels different, right? It's like, not only is there no consequence, I knew there was going to be a problem to begin with, and so I just want to tell everybody, like, yep. it's really not his fault. This was this was part of the plan, and we got it, and he's he's going to be fine, right? That concept of abundantly uh, forgiving you of the of the issues when you turn to him. Um, I think is 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 wonderful, and then it goes right into the, what we talked about earlier, right? For my thoughts are not your mm-hmm. thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So, so that idea that He knows how to do
1: pardon way better than we do, yeah. right? And with all the things that we've done wrong, that we feel like oh, I am so off the path now. Yeah. Uh, there's no way to get back. He abundantly pardons. He's got a way yeah. because he's seen He's seen what we are going to do. Yeah. There's there's just this comfort of knowing I have a, a God that knows everything. Yeah. And so when I mess up here, I know down the road he's got a way to get me back sure. on, the, on the path. Some people, I think, are thrown off by this whole omniscient God. Yeah. And they worry, well, do I still have agency? Because God knows what I'm going to choose. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a very comforting thought to yeah. say he is omniscient. And so therefore, oh, I can't totally mess everything up. Because yeah. he sees in advance. Yeah. And so he's got some things some off-ramps for me to get back to where I need to be. In
0: my life, it's probably like constant off-ramps that he has (laughs) just in front of me. All right, I'll take this one up ahead.
1: (laughs) Uh, Rerouting, (laughs) rerouting, immediately make a a U-turn. right?
0: (laughs) No, that's- It's funny though,
1: sometimes when the, speaking (laughs) of that GPS, sometimes we think, no, I know a better way.
0: (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Yeah, you know, while we're here, just another thought here. Sometimes, especially in the the world we live in now, where uh, information, and I'm doing air quotes as I say that, information is so readily available Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, we have access to questions and false answers to those questions. Um, Questions are raised just by the sheer depth of understanding we have in uh, the history of the church and studying as much as we can study now so quickly. that that I think this verse in particular about the Lord's thoughts not being ours um, is a really important one to remember. That you know we don't have the perspective, and most of the time in scriptures, we don't have a, a whole lot of reasons given, as Elder Oaks talks about. In less than mm-hmm. one in a hundred cases, is any reason ever given for any yeah. of the commandments, and that we um, we greatly err when we try to put reason to revelation. Um, and and I think as I as I'm thinking about this concept that. You know, there are so many questions you could ask. Um, my wife asked one a week or so ago that was a wonderful question. She said, why are there so few women talked about in the scriptures? We don't even know Nephi's wife's name. Mm. We don't, I mean, the, the, these massive figures in our life that, um, that we study, we don't know their kids, we don't have any experiences of their family other than if it's part of the story they're telling us, and usually it's just in passing and you know that conversation led to why don't we know more about heavenly mother why is she not part of the scriptural study and uh the answer is we don't know yeah we just don't know um but uh, i just know that when i get to the other side it's going to be a 30 second conversation and it's going to be heavenly father saying hey i didn't teach about heavenly mother in the scriptures because blank and Mm -hmm. and i'm going to be like oh yeah that makes sense (laughs) You know, and so all the angst and the worry and the mm-hmm. and the time I can spend trying to figure it out uh, really is trying to figure out the Lord's mind, His ways mm-hmm. that I just can't know because I don't have the capacity to understand how He functions in a in a sphere that is so different than mine. Right. You know, with a with a, uh, a eternal perspective so clear that He has versus mine that is so you know finite.
1: I think there's also a great mercy in that—that that He doesn't give us it all. Yeah, that we're not held accountable. Yeah. If, he, if He were to just dump everything on it, all right. For sure, brother Felix, just go ahead and live all that. Right. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that sometimes He just gives me some things piecemeal and yeah, and and, sure. and gives me a little by little, so that it, there's just not this yeah. this massive accountability that comes. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, in that same chapter, I think there's just the the concept of coming to the Savior, very first verse. Uh, Come ye, buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, and without price. Verse 3, incline your ear, come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. Uh, Verse 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Mm -hmm. There is in all of this, though he has done what he has done, and the Savior has fulfilled all that he can, there still needs to be this effort on our part to to come to him to utilize that. Mm -hmm. Not to earn it. Uh, not to somehow deserve it, but to tap into it, mm-hmm. uh, to, to bind ourselves to him because that's where the power is at. Mm. And uh, we've recently had a, a number of apostles that have talked about binding ourselves to the Savior through covenants yeah. and that power that's there. That's how we come to him and and tap into what he's willing to give us. Yeah.
0: That's that first invitation of President Nelson to get on and stay on the covenant mm-hmm, path and mm-hmm. then to stay there is the daily repentance joyfully, right? Uh, yeah, that, that's a... Uh, uh,
1: Not because we're trying to earn heaven. No. Uh, the, the Brad Wilcox, we're trying to learn heaven. Right, yeah, love uh, We come to the Savior and, and, and learn how to be more like him, but strengthened by him to do so, uh, but we've got to access him. And that's going to take our our use of our agency to come to him.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And I love the strengthened by him concept to do what he's asked us to do, right? That's a that's a, a component of the atonement that I think is largely missed and, and really not understood is just the idea that the enabling power that comes from the atonement that enables me to do things that literally I could not do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we understood that power better, um, that we would seek the enabling power that I could become as opposed to just forgive me of my constant failure mm-hmm. to not be what I should be right but but to help me it, it, and maybe it's part of the joyful repentance right that that I go saying forgive me because I need that um, but that I don't stop there yeah. that I say and help me gain Change this skill right me. help me become this thing that I that I know you are um, and and because you know me so intimately and so directly, you could help me become that too. Mm-hmm. So help me with that. And, and I think because, because it becomes progressive then, it, it is joyful. It's sorrowful when we fail again the next day, right? Mm-hmm. In the exact same way. Or 300 days later, we're still failing the exact same way, right? But that's what's joyful about it is that I have the ability every day to go back at it and try it again. And ask for, maybe I need to ask for something different. Maybe if I'm asking for something and it's not being given the way I think I should, or I'm not seeing it be given, Maybe I need to back it down a little bit and, and tweak what I'm asking for and, mm. and seek for the enabling power to help me become, not just be forgiven. Beautiful. Maybe. Beautiful. Maybe. Well, cool. So we're pretty much through 55. Anything 56, 57 that you'd have us look at that might be
1: instructive? So in 56, I do like, he's he's talking about... Uh, in, in verse 4, he's talking about eunuchs that keep the Sabbath and that choose the things that please him. But there's this end verse, and uh, the end part of that verse that says, And take hold of my covenant. And so, not just about whoever Isaiah is, is speaking of, but all of us, I think that phrase to take hold of the covenant. When you do, verse 5, even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name. Better than of sons and of daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Uh, so coming into the Savior, making sure that we take hold of the covenant that he's offering us, getting on that covenant path. But then the, the, the beauty of having this everlasting name that will not be cut off, and the blessings that, that go with that, uh, to know that, that we will be known by his name. Yeah. and become an, become an heir, and so there's some throwbacks to Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8 where it talks about becoming joint heirs with the oh, Savior. Yeah.
0: yeah, sure, yeah. Beautiful things um, there.
1: Romans chapter 8, and if children then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a willingness of the Savior to say, "Just take hold of the covenant, yeah. and all of this is is yours." It's not the Savior saying, "Okay, yes, I'm going to get you there, and you're going to you're going to be below me." But there's yeah. this joint heir right, yeah. because we have this everlasting name,
0: which I think will always feel weird. <laughs> you know how how having gone through what he went through, mm-hmm. would I ever consider myself joint in anything? Yeah. Right. But but somehow in the in the eternal plan and the eternal process of becoming like him um, those feelings seemingly will go away i i guess i, I don't know i don't i don't want to say that ever but and he will, like i said earlier he will always be my savior but mm-hmm. but but i think if we think about the plan as, as a as a whole heavenly father being our father christ being our brother heavenly father's plan being needful for christ as well as for me right mm-hmm. that he needed to go have a an earth life experience gain a body have a resurrected body right and and the ultimate plan is for us all to become like our father in heaven not like jesus but like god right not not that we shouldn't be like mm-hmm. the savior but but ultimately it's to become like our father in heaven and and so maybe i can see that <laughs> i don't know becoming <laughs> join air. air. i
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all that works out as yeah. far as uh, we're always going to worship our Heavenly Father and our, and our Savior. Um, and so I, I guess we'll just kind of how see that, how, how that Maybe how that it, Maybe it's
0: like this. So in my own family, um, all my siblings, and I, there's six of us, um, at my parents' house, we have taken to like putting blue tape with our name on it under things we want when they die. So, you know, maybe <laughs> we just let Jesus go first and all the, mm-hmm. air, the air things, I don't know. I love that. You know, there's something else here that I might uh, just point to verse 4 you read for thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my sabbaths and choose the things that please me um, even unto them will I give in mine house and withal within my walls a place of name better than the sons and daughters um, I, I spent some time just studying eunuchs and that, that you know because I, why are we talking about eunuchs all of a sudden what is, mm-hmm. the, what is the message there and eunuchs were kind of an interesting um, uh, it, demasculated man kind of um, being person um, that kind of ruled in the courts, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. The the uh, they were specifically given uh, instruction to oversee the harems of the women because they were demasculinated. They they wouldn't have any desire to be with them, and so they were a safeguard basically mm-hmm. for uh, for them. Um, they were also given positions uh, as trusted officials in you know those kind of court uh, spaces and. And I don't really know why, they, why he chose eunuchs there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, there's something about that lifestyle. Cho- if you've if chosen that lifestyle that would kind of go contrary to the plan of salvation and having a family and all those things. But even unto them, right, says verse 5, even unto them will I give mine house if they uh, keep my Sabbaths and if they turn to me and if they have that, that same relationship with me.
1: And so we were going to bridge this to all of us, there are times when we've made choices that, yeah. that uh, maybe put us at odds with the plan, yeah. that maybe put us outside of where we need to be. And yet the Lord says, take hold of my covenant, Yep. and there still is an everlasting name. Yeah. And so that you're never too far gone. You're never outside of the reach of what the Savior can
0: yeah, do. Yeah, maybe there's a message there too, right? That, that even if it's a physical... A change that you've made to yourself, uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a chemical imbalance that you have, or a, or a, you know, so just choices you've made or ways you came to Earth that don't fit the plan. Maybe that don't seem to fit the plan. You know, this is a message to that type of person that has those physical uh, deformities. We could say maybe I don't know um, that, uh, that there's a way. There's a way yeah. that even with that that doesn't seemingly fit the plan will. He'll help you back.
1: And all of us at some point are in that boat. Yeah, for sure. All of us that do things, say things, are made up of whatever, experience things in our life that, that feel we're not quite in there. We're not quite, we don't quite fit yeah. the, the puzzle piece. Um, but we keep putting the puzzle together. Yeah. And this particular piece of me right now maybe doesn't doesn't fit in or or I feel like it doesn't fit in. Right. But God has a way to make it fit. Yeah. Uh, part of that is make covenants. Yeah. keep covenants uh, verse 6 join themselves to the Lord serve him love the name of the Lord yeah uh, and those things eventually do fit yeah and in this life or the next he he figures those things out he knows how to figure those things out
0: man and it goes back to my ways are not your ways mm-hmm. right that that idea and it, maybe this is obvious but the, but this talk conversation and topic Makes me think of the members of the church and non members alike that are struggling with same sex attraction. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, as a choir director, I, 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 it's, a, it's a pretty feminine uh, sphere uh, that, to, to go through the schooling to become a choir director. And, um, and then to be in that uh, arena, there's a lot of uh, people that deal with same sex attraction. And, and I've, so I've had a lot of experience with yeah. students of mine, both in, at Institute as well as uh, when I was teaching in the schools. Um, that struggle with that and deal with that, and, and uh, what a beautiful message that even that thing that we don't know about, we don't understand why, yep. we don't have any clue as to, to how it happens, why it happens, when it happens, um, but that that's part of the plan too, that, yep. that those that come with that kind of a struggle, or any of those kinds of types yep. of struggle, you know, I love that you, you've told us that we all have that, we do, we all have mm-hmm. something that doesn't fit the plan. And our objective is to not be natural, mannish, right? That's an enemy to God, and we've got to figure out how to put that stuff away. And
1: sometimes, though, we want to—we want closure. We want to figure out, okay, there's this piece of me, and why can't it? Why is that not fitting in the plan? And why can't I figure out how it goes into this whole puzzle? And yeah. we, we're tempted to throw away the rest of the puzzle. Right. We're tempted to throw away a lot of things that we do know and have have been pressed upon our hearts that we know are true, but we can't because we can't figure out this one piece. Yeah. We're willing to say, oh, okay, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on to that covenant. Hold on to that that everlasting name. Love the Lord. He'll figure out those pieces. Yeah, and trust life. and have faith that mm-hmm. we're not going to finish the puzzle in this life.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just don't get all the pieces, right? So, no. so if you got a piece that's not fitting right now, set it off to the side. Just hold, hold, keep putting pieces together. Yeah. Right. Hold on to those covenants and and just wait, just wait, and it'll all get clearer and we'll all understand. It. Absolutely. Love that, love that in fifty six. Thank you. Anything else in fifty seven? Maybe.
1: Uh, this is the last verse of fifty seven. Yeah. Short verse. It it definitely uh, helps us connect with an Alma Alma mm-hmm. uh, forty one verse. But there is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, Alma forty Alma forty one ten, which teaches. The, the truth is Alma's talking to his son Corianton. Do not suppose, because it's been spoken concerning restoration, that ye shall be restored from sin to happiness. Behold, mm-hmm. I say unto you, wickedness never was happiness. Right
0: there's there no
1: peace, <laughs> saith my Lord God, to the wicked. Yeah. Uh, there is no, there's no wickedness can't be happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if we take that back to our original thought of how do all these maybe coincide with, with daily repentance and the joy of daily repentance, just know that if we don't turn to the Savior, if we don't have Him take those things, there's just not going to be peace Mm -hmm. and I think we really are seeking for peace Mm. in a world right now that is just full of so much turmoil and torment uh, there's peace that can be had Uh, Mm. but that means taking care of some things that means turning to the Savior and letting him uh, deal with those mistakes uh, letting him change us and and finding peace that that is available to us Mm.
0: I love that. Maybe just backing up one verse the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest whose waters cast up mire and dirt, right? I, I've been there. <laughs> I've been where mm-hmm. it isn't going right and I'm doing all kinds of dumb stuff. And, and it does feel like you're, you're on a downhill and then you're on an uphill and the, and you're getting tossed left and right. And you're just trying to stay afloat and there's dirt being flung at you and... and and then the calm, the visual of the Savior calming the sea, right, and, mm-hmm. and having me walk out on the sea with Him, and uh, just, just a different experience on the Savior's part of it. Uh, those, those storms calm. The water's still there, right? The danger is maybe still present. That, that it's nine thousand feet below you to the bottom is still possible. Um, but holding on to the Savior's arm and, and mm-hmm. having Him help you is. Is the key, right? The
1: yeah. Key. In fact, the the couple of verses before that, I have seen his ways and will heal him. Mm-hmm. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. So mm-hmm. the heal, lead, restore. The mm-hmm. Savior does all of those, all of those things and brings peace. Beautiful. Yeah,
0: brother Felix, this has been wonderful. It's wonderful to. see.
1: you. thanks, thanks for me. being with me and, and inviting me to come and, and yeah. talk about these verses and, and give me such. Uh, good Isaiah verse. Not that they're not all good. <laughs> yeah, right. But sometimes it's hard for me to, to understand oh. them. And some of these can really just stir out out to me as, as things that I could could really resonate with. So. Yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate your blessing to the Institute and the uh, insights you've given us today are, are helpful and, and grateful. This has been a a, sun, a Sunday School lesson for sure. So uh, though, the, though we won't have that this weekend with General Conference, I, I feel like we've, uh, been richly blessed and edified that there's a lot to think about there's a lot to uh, to chew on mm-hmm. in these verses um, and, and like always man w- w- what what this podcast is is us just talking about what we think yeah right it's not exactly what that means it's not what it. it's not the only thing it could mean particularly with isaiah <laughs> we're,
1: we're say, not uh, especially in isaiah yep. right
0: but uh but the the messages that you've given us to Uh, Tie so closely with President Nelson has just been wonderful and and grateful for that. Uh, Anything you'd want to say in closing? Any invitation? Any just thoughts you have? Final thoughts
1: you have? I guess maybe the one final thought, just a a verse that, that always has been, that stood out to me in Isaiah in chapter 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publish peace that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Uh, it is beautiful, the message of the gospel, and whoever brings that message to us, whether it be Isaiah through the scriptures, whether that be uh, the prophet this weekend, how beautiful are their feet to us. Right. And, and we all have people that we know that, or we feel like their feet are beautiful uh, because they, they walked to us, they brought, they brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for, for so many that have have beautiful feet in my life yeah. that have brought the message of the restoration and, yeah. and the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Thank you. As you have done with us today, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, President Monson uh, giving a talk and then sitting down and Elder Holland standing immediately after and quoting those verses, uh, just being grateful, just kind of off the cuff at conference, mm-hmm. um, just quoting those verses about President Monson and feeling those same feelings of uh, grateful for his feet yep. and the shoes that he literally has given to others in his life. And I feel like you've done that for us today, so oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Sure it's good to be with it. you, and we'll have you back. Okay, we will do. Okay, see
1: you later. Bye.